opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, welcome. My name is Brian Charlton. I'm co-host of Tuesday Topics, along with my good and longtime friend, Mr. Paul Edwards. How are you doing this evening, Paul? Uh, I'm still shocked by being a content creator. I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> content creator. That's um, what I am. Uh, yes, okay. Well, we have to give ourselves some title in our retirement. And how about content you, Marianne? How's it going? I am very well, thank you. How about you, in Brian? Pencil I'm doing good. You're in Pennsylvania? I am, I am. Visiting family? No, I've oh, moved. 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 I have. Okay, I'll, 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 we'll come back to that at some point. <laughs> and then we have Mr. Gassman. How are you doing, Larry? I am good, Brian. I have not moved. I'm still in California <laughs> and ready to go somewhere. And Mr. Rick Morin out there in technology land. How's it going? It's going great, Brian. How are you? I want you to know that I had that aged steak that I bought at the ACB convention. Uh -huh. I had a couple of those. I didn't eat both of them, but I've got two more waiting, and maybe you could join us over here Friday night for some steak. Yeah, I'd See what you to. can do it in your schedule. Yeah, okay. Rick, are you Sounds sure they're good. open? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta uh, get it in while you can, man. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, Paul, you wrote up quite the description of uh, tonight's topic radio. And we were talking uh, prior to opening uh, the room here this evening about the definition, if you will, that we were going to use for radio. And you were going with a rather broad definition. When I first read the announcement, I was thinking, God, when did I get my first radio? Or what was my most memorable radio experience? And uh, yeah. Larry, you would appreciate this. I have strong memories of going into my family's kitchen, crawling up onto the countertop where we had our single radio and tuning it in to... KEX radio in order to listen to old time radio shows in the evening. Uh, uh, very fond memory, Green Hornet, uh, just just a number of them. Green Hornet was my favorite, though. Was that syndicated uh, through Victor Ives? Very well could have been. Huh. Very well could have been. KEX, as you can tell with the three letter name, was uh, 50,000 watts station uh and i lived in the portland oregon area so surrounded by mountains with a big valley and uh, a big river gorge so our what we could pick up from outside of the state was almost nothing at the time so it, it's either done local or it's syndicated in that fashion when when did you start listening to old-time radio, Larry? Well, the first time, I think... Actually, the first time was like 1960. I was five years old, and I heard Suspense. I heard Don McNeil's Breakfast Club while I was at school. 
you know, on recess, because I know they were on KNX or CBS. But the, the first time I really, I remember being at my grandmother's house and she had this great big, huge, huge radio. It was bigger than a tabletop. It was a, it was a full radio. And we used to listen to the shadow syndicated on Sundays after Sunday afternoons. And I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was cool, you know, and it was dramatic there you go. for yeah. a half hour. So probably uh, to answer your question in a shorter form, probably in the early to mid 60s and never got involved with it in terms of collecting it until 70, 1970. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was thinking the other program was Mystery Theater. I enjoyed that one as well. Yes. Uh, part of it is a sighted kid, but that was in the same couple of years that I lost my vision. And whenever I get sick and tired of acting as my family's uh, antenna for the black and white TV, you know, you used to have to put aluminum foil on uh, <laughs> rabbit ear antennas. Uh, but they found that if, a person held on to one of those rabbit ears in just the right position, which yeah, you could much watch better. the TV while doing it. Uh, it. The picture was much better. <laughs> so I occasionally revolted and went out to listen to the radio. How about you, Marianne? I only really listened to mystery theater radio. That was the only talk show I listened to. And then other than that, it was music and it was um, New York radio stations. So Harry Harrison, WABC, and uh, then switching over to country to, what was it? I forget what the call letters were. But anyway, yeah, the, the only um, talk show I listened to was the Ministry Theater, which I very much enjoyed. And Paul? Gosh, I, 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 feel, I feel like um, I was fortunate in that in that I was born before a lot of you guys were. So when when I was three and four and five, there was still a lot of real old-time radio around. Um, so there were kids' programs. <clears throat> I remember on Saturday morning being, um, being kind of in love with Big John and Sparky. I don't know if you remember them, Larry. I do. From your old-time radio days. Uh -huh. and, and then... That, you know, there are lots of lost Westerns like Hopalong Cassidy and the Lone Ranger and um, the Cisco Kid. Gunsmoke. And um, and uh, I used to um, I used to like comedies. But I think I, I think where this all started and what, what made us decide to do this is we were asking each other kind of what was the, the, the most important thing that you did. In, in, in your life and that that sort of ties it all together and for me it was very much radio and I and and I thought it it might have been for Larry as well because of because of how involved he's gotten with old-time radio but my experience was a little bit different because in 1953 um, I moved from the US to Canada and so from 53 to 59 I got an entirely different radio experience a really cool one because the CBC is a very different listen from most American radio stations. Um, and, and there, there, there were, there were still a lot of dramas then um, in Canada. And some of them were just amazingly produced. I, so, and then in, in 1959 and from then until 
1976, I lived in the Caribbean. So suddenly I went from a place where AM and FM radio were sort of the norm to the place where there were some local Caribbean AM and FM stations. But for the most part, what I was listening to was shortwave radio, which is an entirely different exercise. Um, so I've, I've kind of had experience with, um, with, with all kinds of radios and, and truly had it not been for radio, I don't, I don't think I would have had nearly as full a life as I've had. Um, and, um, and, and still find myself pretty tied to, to, to listening to content. And we'll talk about more of that when we get to internet radio later. You got it. How about you, Rick? You did some radio in college, I believe, as a DJ. Yeah, I, I, I did. I, I was, you know, in terms of radio drama and stuff, I, I never never got into that. I never, never was really exposed to it. I was a top 40 kid, top 40 radio, and, um, you know, went to college and always had a desire to become a DJ and thought that maybe I could do that professionally someday. Never never did um but um you know worked the campus radio station did a show five days a week all that kind of stuff but it was all in the vein top 40 so um you know i there are songs that come up on the radio which bring back memories of certain situations i know that happens for mm -hmm. everybody but you know, i was in college from 72 to 77 so when some of those tracks start to play i actually remember being at the <clears throat> turntable playing some of those songs mm. when they, when they were brand new yeah, turntables oh my oh, goodness yeah we had oh, them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were actually kind of fun i was thinking about the gear that we were listening to this stuff on and doing this stuff on i remember yeah. <clears throat> you know the the console radio that you were describing uh -huh. that uh you know <laughs> That was in the days of vacuum tubes, right? <laughs> That's so true. When, when I was, it was when vacuum I went, tube days. When I went to boarding school, um, the the school for the blind that I went to really didn't care too much about radio. But when 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 I went to this athlone school for boys, they were pretty serious about lights out, and so I had gone out and bought this this uh, little rocket ship shaped crystal set. That, that I could hook up via antenna or by, by a little antenna to the to the plug that was right beside my bed in my dorm. And and I used to have earphones attached to this um, <clears throat> to this little rocket ship and listen listen to old time radio until nine thirty or ten o'clock. And 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 I this the principal lived on the same floor as I lived on. And it, either she was going to get me for listening to the transistor radio, and I think I got three of them confiscated while I was there, <laughs> or she was going to get me for reading Braille. But either way, either way, it's it's all right. Come out and sit in the hall since you're not sleepy, and she'd leave me there till midnight or one in the morning and say, go to bed. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Do you remember, uh, at least I, it's a strong memory of mine that will, my father would pop the back off of TV sets and and uh, radios and look to see which one didn't light up. Pulled it out, gave it to me. Oh and yeah, sent me down to the drugstore to <clears throat> buy its replacement. 
we did almost yep. all of our own home repair of that kind of thing. Yeah, it's amazing. And and here's another question <clears throat> for everybody. When did you get your first transistor? Because what a revolution that was. Oh, big time. It happened at uh, the first transistor radio came out in 1954, but it wasn't popularized yet. It wasn't mass manufactured. Right. Uh, but it was available starting then. So let's see. My first one was uh, when I was about eight years old i remember getting one uh, as a gift from one of my relatives and uh you pretty much found me lost in that radio every day for the hours that kids these days put into video games mm -hmm. yep it's a it's it's amazing how much difference it made i i think i got my first one in about 1950 seven maybe hmm. how about you larry probably 60 or 61 but the thing i remember was yeah. that was the rather inadequate sound oh yeah, oh, yeah. because yeah. because it didn't need to be good back then you just needed to hear something and and even though it was kind of tinny and and you know small speakers etc it was it was <clears throat> so cool to be able to walk around with that thing because it wasn't connected to anything it had a battery in it and I listened to Vince Scott. Well, but no, Scully wasn't around in '60. Yeah, I guess he was. Sure he was. Yes, he was. Sure he was. In, 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 no, but in L.A. I think he had oh, been there two um, years earlier. He, By he came pretty pretty soon after the Dodgers did, didn't yeah. he? But, and he? Well, he came with the Dodgers. They, he and Jerry Doggett both came did, with the Dodgers. Did they come in? Did, did they? Was it '61 that they no, came? No, '58. Yeah, well, 50, so yeah, because he was they there. won the World Series. He, he was, was there. there. I'd forgotten about that. But to be able to hear baseball and to be able to hear music and even old radio, uh, some of these shows that were still on the air on a small little transistor radio, I didn't care what it sounded like as long as I could understand it. It was great. And, and, it was and, great. And you could carry it with you wherever Absolutely. you were. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you could hide it I, from the teachers. <laughs> yes. You, that, that was an important part of it. Was Apparently it Paul wasn't very good at hiding his. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Apparently not. I and, and and I really thought I was because I mean it was tiny, man. It was this little tiny rocket crystal set. And you had to I mean, you really had to had had to fool around to get it to bring in stations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember staying up late at night, not so much to hear a particular program, but to see how far away oh, sure. I could pick up a station. And oh, back, yeah. back then you could pick them up far more uh, easily than you can now. Now it's ridiculous. I, I think that's right. My goodness, where we were, we I mean, we'd pick up in, from L.A., we could pick up KOA in Denver. We could pick up uh, stations in Nebraska. We could pick up oh, uh, KOA boomed in. Um, and once it got past the mountains, stuff didn't come in as easily. And I was just dumbfounded when we would we would go to Denver to meet see my dad's family, and we'd be a, on the other side of the mountains, and everything came in. Mm. Yeah. It was wonderful because we didn't have that luxury living in L.A. Not not nearly as much as we did when we went somewhere else. Even even in Jamaica, oh, I used to I used go to ahead. be able to get. Um, American radio stations and the one I used to listen to a lot was um, stationed in Boston and I'm I'm missing the call letters now um, 
but I, at night I used to be at kind of very enamored with this guy called Dick Summer, who used to do I used to do the all night show on this radio station. Yeah, it's probably so, w, probably WMEX. Nope. Or KO or W W B Z W B Z. Yep. Oh B Z. Yep. Yeah. Would have been W B Z, yeah. Yeah. Back in, in the day they had a oh, lot of God, how many states yeah. programs. Yeah. Like thirty eight states, something like that. He was an amazing guy, though. He was a he was a very very cool guy. He had this uh, he had this very suave presentation. I'm I'm sure other people from Boston can tell us all about Dick Summer, but I I thought he was very cool. Did talk radio ever catch on with you guys? No, listening to commentators, that kind of thing. No. I, I listened to them. I mean, you know, it was kind of fun to kind of wander through just to see what was going on. But I didn't listen to them with the fascination that I listened to the old radio stuff. And then when I got a little older and 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 did radio in college, and then, of course, later on, we were on stations for, I don't know, 20, 30 years, playing the shows, interviewing people who were on the shows. That was so cool for me. But the talk radio, listening to talk radio was to me not nearly as exciting as being involved gotcha i got one of the things bad trouble in the seventh grade when i called into a talk radio show and complained about how i had been uh, picked on by sighted kids in my public school and i came to school the next day <laughs> and Apparently, the principal's office was inundated by callers <laughs> complaining about how they weren't protecting me in their school. And my TVI read me the riot act for complaining in public. So you gave the name what of the school. What were you supposed to do? Wow. Well, I, again, I'm not, I, I felt much misunderstood at the time. Mm. Uh, but again, it was one of those things, the power of radio sure. and being able to call and hear yourself uh, on a show like like the ones. Are. And they were just general shows, not so much like today, where like virtually everything else, uh, if you talk to people who'd listen to a lot of, of talk radio shows, you'll find they're very strong political opinions yeah. uh, at the core of it. Unless we're talking about sports and sports well, commentators. And then they're the, very the, strong about that. The, the, ones very. That, the talk shows that, that I immediately think of and where, where, where there seem to be blind people who are really into them are these overnight shows that talk about UFOs and various <laughs> other things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and they're still but, on. But, no, I, I, have, I have never really... Um, fallen in love with talk shows, news certainly, um, yes. and and news from all kinds of places. Because uh, again, living outside of the states, you know, <clears throat> I I became kind of a BBC nerd and a and a CBC nerd and uh, a Radio Australia nerd, listening to news from all of these different places. Um, because um, that that was where most the most reliable news I could get was. And, of course, it was and, long before you had satellite television or anything like that. Sure. And you were doing that by shortwave? Yes. Um, 
I I had a, a very a very nice shortwave radio, very tube tube thing. Oh. It weighed yeah. about thirty pounds. It I'll was bet. a Hammerland HQ one hundred receiver. Oh. So it had single sideband and the whole works. It was it was a, it was a great receiver. I had a Heath kit, <laughs> secondhand Heath kit, shortwave radio, and uh, enjoyed tuning in. Never got my license. How about you? Yep, I, I I did I did get my license for a little while. Um, KA four JFA. I always remember it because I always used to say just for amusement was my call letters. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so we've been talking for a while. Should we should we see what what people want to tell us about how radios Im- impacted them? I we absolutely. have a good idea. We have David Goldfield. Oh, David's here. It's been a while. So hey, is your David. brother. Well, I heard. I know. I don't. You don't have to necessarily call on him. <laughs> I will. <laughs> so, hey, David. David. David, you may unmute. One of my heroes. Uh, there we go. Yeah, can I, you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. We now can. we can hear you. Yes. So you guys are bringing up a lot of. Um, topics that are near and dear to my heart and i can relate to a lot of the memories that you guys are talking about um uh i grew up in philadelphia as a kid in the 1970s and radio was a real passion of mine um not so much music but more um any kind of old or at the time, new radio shows, you know, dramas and comedies. And yes, I was into uh, the talk shows. And I do remember at night picking up uh, WBZ. The one that I remember from that station was Larry Glick. Yep. Yep. I remember him too. Yep. He did a lot of, you know, kind of light um, stuff, nothing serious or controversial as I, as I remember. And what was cool about the talk shows was that with maybe three exceptions that I can think of, they, they didn't have national shows. Now everything is, is all national and right. syndicated. And, but at the time in the, in the 70s, and, and I guess even to an extent in the 80s, most of it was local. And so it, it had a very unique feel depending on what station it was and in fact in philly from the mid 70s until the year 2000 we had an fm talk station that was all Mm. local except for the larry king show and later on they had a few other shows they had rush and um uh dr laura but for the most Uh part they were all local and that just made it so unique um as far as the dramas i do remember mystery theater of course now Mm -hmm. all of them are uh loosely in the semi-officially in the public domain they've never been legally released as far as i know larry you can correct me on that if i'm wrong they have not not yet yeah yeah yeah. and i don't know at this point that they ever will be but Mm -hmm. everybody who wants them either has them or knows how to find them i wish we could get them of better audio quality well we're working on that now that would be very cool i would love to hear that and 
the, the 70s saw a kind of revival of radio drama. It was almost like there was an attempt on the part of a lot of people right. to try to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was quite a lot of it. Uh, back then, uh, there was a spinoff show from Mystery Theater that I'm sure some of you might remember called General Mills uh, Radio Adventure Theater, yes. which was for kids. Mm-hmm. And that, that was hosted by Tom Bosley uh, mm-hmm. on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of cool. And mm-hmm. I remember WOR in New York used to carry Mystery Theater at 7 p.m. So I thought as a kid, this was great because I didn't have to stay up too late and I could still hear them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it was, was it you, Paul, uh, Paul mentioning the CBC and their yes. stuff? Yeah. You're, you're right about them. They did some really wonderful shows, some of which did air on their shortwave outlet for a while. Yes. yes. Yeah. And the, the other two things that came out in the 70s that kind of surprised me, um, because I'm sort of a, a science fiction and, and fantasy freak too. Was um, I am too. Was the Star Wars that that, oh, yes. that came out in in the seventies and um, <clears throat> and and of course um, that uh, Hitchhiker's Guide <clears throat> to the Galaxy. Yes. Yes. Yep. I remember that. And the Star Wars drama that you're talking about, I think the first one came out in 1981. 81. So 81 it came January. out several years after mm-hmm. the movie. And it it was really good. Um, Mark Hamill, you know, didn't just yep. sort of do it casually. He put everything into that. They did um, the follow-ups. They did Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, which did not have Mark Hamill. Those shows are... Um, both very hard and very easy to get. They're hard to get in that I don't think they're officially available. They were available through Highbridge Audio. But Highbridge, mm-hmm. I don't believe, is around. And so, and I don't know whether this is strictly legal, and my guess is that it isn't. But I've seen that entire trilogy on the Internet Archive. Yes. How cool is yeah, that? Yeah. Yep. It is on there, along with another wonderful um short-lived drama series that Larry, I'm sure you remember this, uh called Bradbury Thirteen. Very well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul Paul Fridge Which, was the announcer. This yes, he was. Boy, did he have a good voice. Yeah. Uh-huh. He did. Yeah. He really <laughs> did. And by the way, I do remember Big John and Sparky. I first learned about him. I tuned into no school today by accident uh just sort of spinning the dial because he wound up in his later years on family radio mm-hmm. and he would do the he would play the old episodes of big john and sparky but he would also do some other dramas and some some christian dramas and uh, right. he died of cancer i believe in 1982 and uh, shortly after that, when Family Radio announced that he had died, they did a, a one-hour tribute uh, to him where they had some pretty interesting clips mm-hmm. uh, of him. And I have that somewhere. So, Larry, if you're ever interested, I can try to find that and, I, and I, get that I too. have it. I have two or three tributes done to oh, him. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Oh, Maybe I, will, I should be I'll getting them, them from you. I'll send them to you. I'll I'll be in touch. It, it was just yeah, a, just a John marvelous. Arthur was great, yeah, and I think he, he broke a record um, of being a performer with the most airtime at one point. 
Yes. That's right. Yes. I yeah. Think right. I think that's right. Because he did a 15-minute right. thing every day, which were, were the Big John and Sparky cereals, uh, some of which are still available through collectors. I've seen collections of about 90 of them. Mm-hmm. And then he did uh, either a one- or two-hour show on the weekends. Yep. Yep. Mr. So with David, all of thank this you talk, so much for your call. Yeah. Sure, so with thank all you. of this talk, I want to know, David, before you leave, did you ever think of radio as a career? Yes. I, I did for a long time, and um, most people will say that radio, once it gets in your blood, um, it, it never leaves. And actually, from, for me, it did. Um, I, I'm still interested in it. The only thing that I would like to do is an interview show or a podcast, and that's something that uh, may happen at some point. I love listening to good interviewers larry king when i was growing up was mm-hmm. for, to me the best of the best and yeah, still is as far yeah. as interviews and i i mean he could interview his own daughter for you know an hour oh. and it would be interesting even though you knew that he knew everything about her but he would still learn stuff and exactly. just ask the most interesting questions and um I don't claim to be anywhere near as good as he is, but it's something I've really wanted to do is to is is to do a real long in depth interview show. Beyond I that, you could do well. Uh, maybe yeah. uh, beyond yeah. that, no, I don't have much of a desire to do it. But I love hearing people's memories, so, mm-hmm, which is why mm-hmm. I tuned into this show, and I still mm-hmm. love old and new radio drama. David, I, I, yep. Larry King, we had the chance to meet him two or three times. One was for a radio thing we were doing. But we also saw him as he was being honored twice. And he's one of the few people I've ever had the chance to see who kept me riveted as a storyteller. He could tell a story and, and have the audience in the palm of his hand within yes. 30 seconds. He was yeah. incredible. His stories about his early life in broadcasting were uh-huh. were classic. Yeah, I'm sure were. you've probably heard some of them. <clears throat> um, I, I will tell you one very quick Larry King story. As a teenager, I called him and spoke to him off the air at his hotel when he was in Philly. You could never do this now, but I knew that he was in Philly doing a show. I knew there was no way I would probably be able to see him live, you know, midnight to 530. Mm -hmm. There's, there was no way. (laughs) So I was determined to talk to him and I just called his hotel and I just said, and, you know, hi, could I talk to Larry King, please? And she didn't even ask my name. She said, sure. Hold on. Puts me on hold about 20 seconds later, he answers the phone and I, I told him who I was and I said, are you busy? And he said, well, I'm having my dinner. And I said, well, could I just, and I was not at all deterred because I've got Larry King on the phone. I didn't care if he was eating his dinner. I said, could I just ask you a few questions? He said, sure. And he, you know, he, he, he wasn't really chatty, but he was gracious enough to, you know, entertain this, this kid you know, who he didn't know. And um, it, it was great. I, I wish I had had the sense of mind to record it, but I didn't. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Fun if you had. Yep. Oh, Thank that you, would have David. been awesome. Thank you, guys. Yep. Thank you. Take yep. care. We'll talk to you again later. Uh, be yep. safe. Bye bye. Marianne. Yeah, we got Larry, uh, John Gassman. Hey, Mr. John. Gassman. Here, how are My you? Double. 
Yes, you are. And you're hearing double, too. I'm hearing double, yeah. It's it's rather disconcerting. Keep going. It's very disconcerting. I will tell you a story that that Larry may have told before uh, because it reminds me of, uh, of David's last story. We were listening to the King Show one night, and he was in town because being honored was one of the great CBS newsmen and Douglas Edwards. Douglas Edwards was his name, and he was in in Anaheim. And we thought, geez, you know, we've never interviewed Douglas Edwards. So uh, one of us called the phone number to get in to talk to King, and Pat Piper was his engineer, his uh, uh, producer. And we used to help Pat all the time when Larry King would come to L.A. Pat would call us because he knew us, and he'd say, hey, Larry's going to be in town, and he wants some old-time radio people. Who can you get for us? And we would help and, and did that a couple of times. So so we called and said, you know, we understand Douglas Edwards is going to be in town tomorrow. What would be the chance? of the NAB conference. Yeah, for the NAB that. conference. That's yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. being honored. Could we go interview Pat, uh, Douglas Edwards just for, for a short amount of time because it, w- it would be a terrific opportunity. And Pat said, well, let me let me find out. So is it because uh, Douglas was being interviewed at the time by King. So on a commercial, he asked him and, and Douglas said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be in town. We got to go to the airport, but have him give me a call and uh, and we'll, we'll get together. So what wound up happening was that uh, Larry and I and another sided friend that we knew who was involved with old-time radio, we got in the car and we drove uh, and carried with us one of those great big 10-inch Technics recorders. We <laughs> right. literally picked it, got, got out of the car, picked it up, and walked up 10 stories to the uh, suite <laughs> where Douglas Edwards and his wife were getting ready to go to the airport. And they said, hi, how are you? Made us feel just like we were, you know, the, the most important people in the world. And we set up the recorder, we set up the microphones, and we did 45 minutes with Douglas Edwards talking primarily about the war days of uh, the end of the war and, and his experiences uh, in the war covering for CBS. And that was one of the, one of the most unique experiences, I think, that we ever we ever had. And we played that a few times. And then he retired. He retired in 88 and passed away a couple years years after that. We had nothing to do with that. No, 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 uh, no. But but he he retired and didn't last very long. Thanks. I'll take you off the suspect list. (laughs) (laughs) Statues of limitation have run out, John. You're okay. By the way, by the way, one of the early things that I will always remember in 1960 or 61 uh, the Lakers had come to town, moved from Minneapolis to Los Angeles, and they had a unique broadcasting situation where the radio broadcast oh, with Chick Hearn was live. Story. Yes, but mm-hmm. TV, for whatever reason, was delayed. So I one of the first I times I heard the one of the first times I heard the game, I said, "Okay," uh, I said, "Larry, I will let's bet. I'll bet the score at halftime." He said, no, you know, no way in the world you would oh. know. So I told him, okay, the Lakers are going to be up 63 to 60 at the half. And sure enough, they were. We bet a piece of candy or something. And I didn't tell him till much later on that the games were delayed on television. Oh. <laughs> but see, you're, you're actually talking about one, one of the all-time great announcers Chick in the history of mm-hmm. radio, Chick Hearn. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to to listen to him on 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 shortwave, and and he was only occasionally 
on Armed Forces Radio because, right. of course, they had to be kind of diplomatic and do games from all over the place. So you only got to to hear Chick Hearn occasionally. But but I mean, he is right up there with Vin Scully for me in terms I, of in, in sports mm-hmm. announcing. I definitely, agree. absolutely. We got, a, got a chance to interview him and chat with him, and he was one of the brightest people I think I've ever met. With regard yep. to just his whole idea of of the game and what he what he actually thought when he was doing a game, it was his mind was going a million miles a minute. Just a fascinating well, person. And he did he did the best job that anybody has ever done, as far as I'm concerned, uh, of of conveying what's going on in a basketball game. I mean, there there, I don't think there's been anybody better. I agree. Before or since, I agree. Yep, I definitely agree. So, who else do we have, John? Why don't you stay? Thank you, Miss John. Yeah, you can you can hang out with us if you like. Okay, sure, sure. Do I have a a vote? No, no, (laughs) (laughs) apparently not. (laughs) John, you might be here next week instead of me. You never know. <laughs> no, we would I'll go not back re- to work. No, we wouldn't replace you. Um, we have Nellie. Ah, Nellie Everson. I'll bet yep. you. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, there she is. Hi. Hi, everybody. This is a really cool topic. Um, so, radio has been um, a really influence in my life. Um, so, so I, um, I was born in 47, and um, even, you know, as a really young child, um, I just listened to the radio. And not only um, my, uh, my father worked nights, and so my mother would listen to um, a lot of the, the radio dramas. And, mm-hmm. uh, and some of them were pretty scary. I mean, there was uh, the inner sanctum and the web. Yeah. And dun, dun, dun. Uh, and then other ones like that. Suspense. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we would listen to all of those. And, of course, she'd scare herself half to death. And my father didn't get home till like, 4 o'clock in the morning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, but then also um, uh, there was the, the transition that was happening from um, radio to TV, because mm-hmm. in 1947, um, you know, uh, TV started to become um, uh, popularized, and um, my family was one of the first in our family that got a TV, and it was so funny because it was this great big piece of furniture, and it yeah. had, an, mm-hmm. had an AM and FM and shortwave radio and a turntable, and a little bitty TV with a 12-inch circular screen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it was was tiny, and of course it was black and white, but um, the radio dramas started to transition uh, into TV uh, in the um, uh, early 1950s. So... By around 1954, um, you could see a lot of those actually being, you know, put on on TV. And yep. they weren't long programs. Um, some of them were half hour and some of them were 15 minutes. Some of them were very short. 
and uh, yep. and there and there was also a comedy uh, Milton Berle and Amos and Andy and Sid Caesar uh, and and um, uh, all of those guys um, and um, um, oh um, I'm thinking about Burns and Allen. Um, oh, Gracie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gracie. And and so it was just really, <clears throat> really fun um, during that time um, that I can say that, um, you know, that I grew up with radio and TV, but radio always continued to be important. And I loved um, listening to AM stations late at night um, from far away. I, I grew up in New York City in the Bronx. And um, and I would pick up um, stations WWV from Wheeling, West Virginia, and listen to yep, country that was music. A, that was and, a popular one. And I used to listen from Canada, uh, CKLW from Canada, and yep. um, and then there was one called WOV that played um, um, rhythm and blues um, music, um, and I would pick those up at night. And um, so I, you know, had um, had my own um, uh, tube radio in, 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 in my room, and I was able to, to listen to those. Mm -hmm. And as a child, I learned how to block my mother's favorite Spanish radio station. Um, <laughs> and it was in the, middle, in the middle of the AM dial, and I learned that if I um, had my radio on half the frequency of her station, um, um, the trans uh, transmission would uh, cause her radio. It would emit a um, oh. an interference, and it would sound <laughs> like a tone on mm -hmm. her station. And then, if I just slowly uh, move the dial up and down, it would create an oscillating tone. Yep. Oh and my, my mother used to get so mad. She'd say, every time I turn the station on, that noise comes on. And um, <laughs> But she eventually learned that every time that noise came on, that I was hiding in my room doing something. <laughs> and I got busted. <laughs> now, what, what about when you were an adult? Did you continue to be involved with radio then? Yes, yes. I, yeah. I have continued to be involved with radio. And, um, and, I, and I came to... To California, and uh, and so I was really into um, a lot of the uh, um, uh, stations like KMET uh, used to be mm -hmm. in LA, and um, the programming that was very unique to KMET, and they had mm -hmm. uh, Flo and Eddie and Doctor Demento and and all these other ones, and I was very sorry to to hear it uh, turn into a smooth jazz station. And um, nearly and, as much fun as Dr. Demento. And it still is a smooth jazz station. All yes, and, and a later. boring smooth jazz station <laughs> at that. So um, I, I was sorry to see the changes in radio from local uh, programming that kind of reflected the interests and the tastes of the people in the area to mm -hmm. basically national kind of homogenized radio. Yeah. So that's it's that's short. my that's my take on it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nelly. We appreciate your call. Thank you. Sure. Mm -hmm. Miss Marianne. We have Mary Grace. Mary, you may um, Hey Mary. 
little drum roll, please. You may unmute Mary Grace. It's a nice name. It's a beautiful name. I'm thinking. Okay. Well, shall we move on until she gets her hand until she gets but on Mary the is yep. not being graceful. Oh, there you are. There you are, Mary. Hi. Oh, she was there. Where'd she go? She was there. Okay. Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll go to Janet, right? And it's Janet. Janet. You may unmute. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi there. How are you all doing this evening? We are well, thank you. I can't stay long, but I love this topic. Okay, um, now I did it. I did it. I did it. Good. Yeah. Well, now you're going to have to wait, Mary. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. You'll <laughs> be next, Mary. Go thank for you. it, Miss um, Janet, and then, and then anyway, we'll take Mary um, right she, after. Yep. She, she, she made me lose my train of thought. Anyway, I... I, I love I love radio. Used to listen to it at night. I get um, KFI out of California. Mm -hmm. Oh, we can't forget WGN when they when they had uh, Harry Carey. Cannot. And um, Chicago Cubs games. Yeah. <coughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Holy but anyway, cow. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, I had an AM FM. Um, TV radio, which I could pick up the audio from the TV stations sure. and weather weather stations. Yeah, those and are I cool. had a I had a radio when I was like eight years old, and I think one time my my friends and I we were at school and we they had a teacher's box and we thought we would go hide in the teacher's box and uh, try to be DJs. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Lost her. Did it work well? Nope, we lost her. We lost her, yeah. Oops. So, Miss Mary, I guess you get to go. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm probably the oldest one here. Well, I, I am so far. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I was born in 1935. So <laughs> uh when when I went I went to the school to a school for the blind and started in the first grade, and I remember I think we brought a, a radio there, a white little white radio, and it in first and second grade I was it was more of a dormitory, but I remember still the radio being on sometimes, and I remember uh, hearing White Christmas for the first time. Yep. Uh, and uh, when I was in first or second grade, I don't know. And then uh, when I moved to the dormitory in third grade, I had a a little Philco radio that I had all through high school. And I remember as a kid on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock, there was a program called Let's, Let's Pretend. And Let's Pretend had all the fairy tales. I remember acted those. Out. And I, <clears throat> I mean, you know, as a kid, I listened to that religiously. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I, I, <clears throat> I remember one man's family at, on Sunday afternoons um, right. for, I With think, that. 15 minutes. And every Sunday, my roommate and I had to listen to one man's family With and Carlton see what was going to happen. The organ music. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. By Paul yep. Carson. Yep. And, uh, of course, I remember, you know, the shadow and um, 
uh, on Sunday nights, Jack Benny and Charlie McCarthy and uh, Edgar Ber- yeah. Bergen. Yep. And um, <clears throat> in high school, my favorite radio pro- program was Armis Brooks. Oh, I, I oh, just used I remember to, that. I just used to love that program. With Eve Arden. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Mr. Conklin. Gail Gordon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Mr. Boynton. Oh, yes. Jeff Chandler, but back then he was but, Ira Grossell. Yes. <laughs> Lester Boynton. Yes. yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And Walter Denton and Harold. Her- Walter, uh, Dun- Walter Denton Walter and Harriet Den- Conklin. Yeah. And- Walter yeah. Denton was Richard Crenn later. It was... Uh, Eventually, he became a great television actor. Really? But yeah. Richard Dick Crenna, I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. And I remember when I was 10 years old, <clears throat> um, and I was home then, uh, hearing on the radio that Roosevelt had died. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I, yep. and I w- remember going and, and telling my mother, oh, my goodness, I just heard that Roosevelt had died. You know, it, 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 like just kind of memorable be- at that uh-huh. at that time uh and radio was just always well since i grew up with it i mean uh-huh. we didn't get television <clears throat> until i was in high school and probably you know a junior or senior so radio uh-huh. was just <clears throat> a very that was that was my upbringing uh did you ever hear the original fireside chats yes God, I but I was kind was of too young to, I, to understand it so much. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was like it was, on, you know, it was on, but. Pretty amazing. You know, it was just, I mean, radio was just so important. Um, so what, and, what about now, Miss Mary Grace? What do you, what do you, do you still listen to the radio some? Yeah. And I, you know, the other thing is, I I I I I often <clears throat> uh, use um, uh, number three with ACB and listen to the old and listen to old time radio right. shows that yep, I remember. Yep, yep. I I find uh-huh. I do that a lot because I just it just brings back so many memories. Mm, and they're now, such fun. Yep. Oh, they are. And now probably what I listen to on the radio <clears throat> more is I listen to public radio a lot. And classical yes. music and and that kind of thing, um, and and I do like I do like public radio. If I'm going to listen to the news, I like turning on public radio. Yep, I I I've gotten into a habit of listening to the to particularly Sunday morning public radio with the puzzle. Oh yes, yes, I do too. I, I <laughs> yep. love the puzzle. <laughs> yep, Miss Mary Grace, thank you so much for your call. Well, I, you know, I, radio just has meant so much to me that I just wanted to let you know. Well, well we appreciate you. it. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. You're welcome. Miss, Miss Marianne. Oops. Miss Marianne. Cam? Cam Coffee? Yes, I'm, I'm unmuted. Yep, you I are. Hope. There you are. You are. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Zoom has been acting weird today. It is Um, very weird. You're right. Yes. But I, too, grew up with radio. Uh, I was born in 52. So the 
the really classic old time radio was kind of transitioning out. It was. But some of the programs were still in were in reruns. I do remember, I didn't understand it, but I remember uh, one man's family would come on. I couldn't have been more than three or four when that, you know, but, yep. um, and there were a few others whose names I know, I do not remember if I ever knew them. Um, and of course, radio was mostly local at that time. And, and I wish it still were. I miss those local um, interest programs, right, right. Uh, the local DJs. Now, I had a little device that I hope someone else that I can run into at some point had because someone gave me, and I was probably six or seven years old. I don't even know what the thing was called. It was kind of like a transistor, but the way you listened to it, as best I recall, because it, it got broken after a, one of the wires broke, uh, this was a little thing. You could only listen to it with an earplug. It didn't have a speaker, per se. Okay. You'd put the thing in your ear. You would, there was a little it obviously had a battery somewhere in it. Mm -hmm. And there was a thing that you hooked over something metal. Like if you had a wire fence, you could hook it onto the wire fence or uh, most anything that was metal, you would, you could hook this little thing on to it. And you could actually listen to radio with it. And there was a little thing. It, it looked a little bit like a, um, the telescoping antenna. And right. as you pulled that thing out or pushed it in, it changed the station. Well, you could yeah. only get two or three, but, <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's, it's a modern crystal sets. What you're talking about. It's the same yeah, thing I used I in boarding if, school. Yes, yep. I wondered if that was what they call a crystal set. Um, it is. But, um, you know, oh, I had fun with that thing for the short time I had it. But my first actual radio that actually lived in my room was mm -hmm. an old strictly AM. It had belonged to my grandparents and they downsized and they didn't need mm -hmm. it anymore. And uh, so I wore that thing out. Now, I was more of a music person, but I wore that mm -hmm. thing out. And my first transistor, well, my family's first transistor radio was uh, right after the Cuban Missile Crisis. And they wanted, they suggested everyone needs to have a battery powered radio. And that was, it oh was pretty goodness. big. Gotcha. But my yep. first one was one of these little, it, it if you had a decent sized pocket, it'd go in your pocket. And yeah, the sound was kind of rinky dink, but boy, I loved it. I wore that thing out too. Um, I believe it. Had so much fun. And uh, do you, now do you listen I'm more to radio into, much now, Pam? Or? Now I am more into internet radio because uh -huh. you get more variety. The mm -hmm. you, you, uh, 
music, you know, you get more diverse music. And uh, when I'm not on internet radio, I'm usually on NPR. Gotcha. But, uh, but yes, but I love internet radio. Miss Pam, thank you for your call. Thank you so much. Yeah, excellent. great topic. Great oh, yeah. topic. Thank you, Miss Marianne. We'll take one, uh, one or two more, if there are any. Yeah, we have ten. Carla. Carla. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Yes, Another. Indeed. McMurray, oh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, person. great metropolis of McMurray, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and, um, you know, radio is near and dear to my heart ever since my earliest memory was I might have been maybe two years old laying in a crib and um, and um, WRYT was on in Pittsburgh. And then I remember it um, went away one day and I asked my dad what happened. He says, oh, it changed to WTAE. And I remember that. And it, it went all talk. Um, so that was the first time radio broke my, my heart and format changes will. But I've always been a radio DXer. I'm, I'm still a very serious DXer. And I remember when we would travel, I would have my little transistor radio and I'd have my headphones and my Slayton stylist. And every time I, I picked up a station, I'd write it down and I'd write down um, what kind of music it played. Um, when did they have their news? What kind of a, they call, um, they're really called sounders. I found of it. What kind of a news noise they had? I called them news mm -hmm. noise. And I I was cleaning um, very recently, and I found my old radio lock, and it is so funny. And now I'm going back to Alexa, and I'm trying to see if any of those stations are still on the air. And I used to listen to WCFL in Chicago at night and pretend like I was in Chicago. And, you know, or other people, other little girls were playing house with their Barbies. I was either playing school or playing radio station. And um, when I was um, in, in high school, I got a job at a cable station as a board op. And then I worked for a, a joint community college-owned radio station when I was in um, college. Nice. And I thought about going into radio, but I didn't like the instability of moving up and down the coast and up and down the dial. So, But I still use my radio skills because I have a little production studio for Language Learn Communications. And I write my own production music and, you know, I, I mix, I have a mixer and all that. So it, it served me well. But I want to know more about Big John and Sparky because I have a dog named Sparky. Um, but <laughs> somebody have to tell me about that and where I could listen to that. But um, I have to tell you a, a good, uh, a couple, two funny stories real fast. Um, the one funny story is when I was in sixth grade at the School for the Blind, I organized, I called KQV Radio and I got a field trip lined up for my sixth grade class. Uh -huh. and we toured the radio station and uh, this was in 1972. And you know how back then when they did advertisements, there was all this reverb and everything. Well, and when, when we were all through with the interview, um, the, the engineer that gave the interview said, do you have any questions? And I said, well, you didn't show us the big room. Where's your big room? And I said, he says, what big room? Well, you do all the commercials. And he took me in the production studio and showed me this little box that made echoes. And I remember I was so disappointed. The magic was destroyed. But I have a, a, a lexicon effects box in my production studio. So I have my own big room. So now I'm glad 
And then one more go. thing I'm going to say is, and I'm, I still listen to radio. I still love to do, I call it web DXing, you know, with Alexa. Uh -huh. But um, I got to tell you another funny story. I'm sort of bemoaning to the fact that all the, you know, radio stations sound alike. And I had some fun at iHeart's expense one night. Um, <laughs> you'll appreciate this. Um, WKWK in Wheeling and 3WS played the same Christmas music, but there, there was some time delay. Okay, like one, you know, the, um, 3WS was about oh, a song behind WKWK. And I was having this Christmas party. So I was messing around with my friends and I said, I'll bet you I can predict what Christmas song is going to come on. So I had WKWK going on in my bedroom real quietly. And so I did. <laughs> right. And I did about 10 songs in a row. And I was scaring people. How are you doing this? Oh, I just know. And I had more fun with that. I never told anybody. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of devious people on this call, including one who's related to me. And then there's Carla. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so yeah, i i love this topic and i i i know i gotta shut up because you've got nine other hands but i could talk about radio all night long it's it's one of my favorite things i'm still a very serious yeah, i think uh, i think a bunch of us could yeah thank you so much dear we appreciate your call very much yep miss marianne diane scalzi miss diane from okay <clears throat> yeah well good evening can you hear me hello yes, yep, we can. yes. okay well i came in a little bit late because I was hosting another call, but uh, I heard David Goldfield mention the name of Larry Glick at WBZ. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a guy that went to my school. I wonder if he also went to Mary Grace's school. I'm not sure if she's the same person, but I think she might be. Anyway, um, his name is Ken Meyer. Yes. We just had yes, him on the I air. Know here. Kenny. We had him on the air about yeah. two months ago. Oh, did you? Uh -huh. Yep. He's doing well. Yeah, he's he's still uh, I think he's still working, you know, in yeah. the in the broadcasting field. But he he had uh he has a um you know his story about how he got how he got the job at um, WBZ is is just quite fascinating, and you know a lot of lot of hard work on his part and other people's parts. And um, the thing that I wanted to mention though was that one day, what, no, actually it was more. It was like a couple weeks. I think Larry Glick went on vacation, and he turned his show over to Ken, and. You know, Ken did such a, a great job with it, and I always wondered how, you know, like how he operated his controls, if he was able to do it himself. And, um, you know, because it still sounded just as professional as it always did. I wondered if someone helped him. But um, he has just, he has just, um, he's just interviewed so many people and knows a lot of people and um I, I think that he's had you know he's had a wonderful life in in radio and um you know it's neat to hear that he's still um going at it so do you still I listen went to the to radio his... diane pardon me uh, paul do you, do you still listen to the radio now or not so much um if i listen i listen to 
NPR, um, especially on the weekends when I'm getting ready in the morning, I listen to Morning Edition and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I love that show. Um, so, yeah, I, that, that's about all I listen to. I definitely don't listen to uh, any AM radio unless I'm, listening, mm -hmm. unless I'm in my brother-in-law's car because he listens to WWJ here uh, to see what's going on with nice. the traffic and everything. So, uh, you know, I don't have any, I certainly never um, did any radio except uh, in, in college one time we had a, a pro, uh, project that we had to do between semesters and I wanted to find out how things worked at the radio station. They had just started their radio station and so I had a, an hour music show on Friday nights and I probably talked for like two minutes and played music all the rest of the time because I was so nervous about getting on the air. So Good job though. Anyway, yeah, Mr. Brian, you were going to say something about Mr. Oh, Meyer? Yeah. Yes. I I had the uh, privilege of going to his induction ceremony when he was inducted oh. into the Massachusetts Broadcaster Hall of Fame. So he's very well respected in this neck of the woods, I'll tell you. It's funny, Brian. We've known him since the early 90s. And as, for as much fun as we had talking about radio, both on the air and off, I had just as much fun talking to him about sports. He is an oh, yeah. sports, big-time sports fan. And we spent hours talking about sports. He's just a fascinating guy. Oh, yeah, and he's, he's very, you know, musically talented. He used to um, play the accordion sometimes for our entertainment, you know, at different um, school events. And, of course, he played the piano real nice and sang well and yeah he was he just had That's a lot cool. more talent than i'll ever hope to have diane thank you for your call well, thanks for calling ah you're welcome mm -hmm. marianne do we still have a few yeah. more folks we have one two three four five six seven eight nine nine let's keep let's keep going because we may end up having to do internet radio on another show yeah, 626, you may unmute. Mary code 626. That would be Mitch Pomerantz. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey. I'll start by telling Larry and John that my uncle, uh, who's passed away a long time ago, Dan Russell, owned KEZY in the 50s. Oh, in Anaheim, sure. Yes, yeah. uh, when it really wasn't much of a radio station, but... Uh, but my actually great uncle uh, owned that station for several years. Probably uh, you you recall it if you go back quite that far. Mm -hmm. um, I became into uh, got into radio when my mother won a contest. She worked at the Broadway department store, and she won a Philco clock radio, and she gave it to me when I was five back in '55. And I became a DXer. And um, in those days, um, on Sunday nights, when lots of stations went off the air, I actually was able to get WBZ in Boston mm -hmm. from Los Angeles. It didn't happen wow. a lot, but it did happen. And I guess that sparked my interest in radio. I was into talk shows when I was a kid. I'd listened to the original Michael Jackson who was uh, British, 
and a, a very uh, interesting guy. And then I would listen, if anybody remembers Joe Pine, um, yes. who yep. was an ultra-conservative. And in the 60s, he would all, he ended up on television, which is why I, I wasn't sure if, if he'd gotten out of uh, Southern California to the rest of the country. But he used to close his shows by saying, good night and get Castro. <laughs> so uh, so you know i'd been in i'd been into radio and then um in the early 70s um i got to know uh a fellow who did a, a couple of fellows who did a sci-fi program on the pacifica station here in los angeles kpfk and through that um, I was actually um, brought in as a volunteer. Uh, I did a program on disability issues, except they were handicapped issues in those days. Uh, I did a show on the station for three years. Nice. Um, I had forgotten. Some, I think it was. Uh, sometimes it was every two weeks, but more the more more often it was it was monthly. And I did that show until uh, until I went to work full time. But during that time, I had two cool experiences. One, um, it was during the Watergate hearings, and uh, during the summer, I was one of the people responsible for edit for editing on one of those old uh, reel-to-reel machines with the razor blades and the scotch tape. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at, at the station, uh, I edited the, uh, the hearing, uh, the hours of hearings into an hour program. And the other, I thought you were going to say the eighteen minutes of tape that's missing. No, I, I never. I, I, I did have a Patty Hearst experience while at that station, though. I, I suppose I can sneak that in, but, but, you can. but I also uh, worked with a fellow who had just gotten out of the Navy, and we did a documentary on uh, disabled Vietnam veterans, and we called it was called the Real POWs Can't Stand Up. And we won yeah. the Ohio State Award for Journalism in 1974. How cool is that? There I still, you go. I still have a I still have a cassette of that somewhere somewhere around here. But it was a it was a great experience. But you know, I'd been a I'd been a DXer and and uh, uh, ended up getting into shortwave DX. Uh, yes. Somewhere around here, I have a notebook with the 90 or 100 stations that I, uh, I actually logged. I had an old naval issue 32-band uh, shortwave radio that goes back to the late 30s. It weighed 50 or 60 pounds, and the speaker right. was a separate item. Yeah. Um, and, and I had that, and then <clears throat> later on, and I, I have that radio, and I still have a very nice Grundig shortwave that I bought back in the 80s. And um, at, I bought it from a, from a, a fairly high-end uh, electronics store, and I knew the, um, the uh, manager there, one of the managers mm-hmm. there, and he asked me, he said, for an extra 50 bucks, I can put a speech chip in. So I had, uh, I was able to know exactly what frequencies I was on. So oh, that was cool. Was that? I, 
it, it was fantastic because it, it made my life a whole lot simpler. And I know, uh, and I was switching over from the from the uh, from the radio to the phone. But I think you were talking about the uh, the the Star Wars radio adaptation. Yes, right. Um, I was uh, I was on the KUSC advisory board at the time. Uh, George Lucas was an alum of USC, as am I. Right. Right. And when, the first one, when it it was done and produced and all that, he gave it to USC, and USC KUSC was the first station to uh, to run it. It was uh, it ran for ten or twelve consecutive Sunday evenings for about either fifteen or thirty minute segments. And it, I never did hear the, the 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 next two, but I would I would give a lot to to lay hands on that original uh, Star Wars radio adaptation. But I was I was on their advisory board when uh, the station manager came to us and said George Lucas is giving us the right to to uh, to run the uh, the radio adaptation of Star Wars, and I thought that was fantastic. When when God was very young, I had a copy of the first one, um, but I I I don't anymore. I have no idea where it is, and and um, and I've never heard the other two either. Yeah, I, and it was it was just uh, you know it was so well done, and amazing. they got in a, two or three of the actors. Um, including, uh, and I'm blanking on his name, uh, who played Darth Vader, uh, also did the radio version. They were able uh, to get... What was his name? Oh, gosh. Yeah. You, you guys should be <laughs> exactly. able to... Larry, you should know that. What is his name? He, he, does, he does a lot of commercials now. Got a deep, a, a deep black sort of voice. Yeah. Um, it oh, wasn't well. James Earl Jones, was it? Yes. Yeah, I think it was. It was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the beef? Um, but it was. It was. It was fantastic to uh, to have had that experience, and uh, you know these these days I'm I'm mostly on Sirius XM, um, certainly uh, for for sports, and uh, and also for for a couple of shows that. Uh, that Donna and I listened to on on Saturdays. Um, one, uh, it's called uh, Highway 61 Revisited. They they play 60s and 70s uh, on music. WMB. Yep, that's correct. And yep. in fact, uh, we subscribed back in February, so we're we're now uh, members of WUMB. And then on on Sunday, we have a friend. Who does a two-hour program on Phoenix Radio 1208, which is a radio station uh, out of London or out of England that uh, is primarily uh, operated by blind and visually impaired persons. Uh, cool she's based here, and she's based here out of Western Massachusetts. Um, but she does a show on on Sunday mornings that uh, that we listen to, play a lot of uh, new uh, Americana. Uh, type music, so you know I've been connected with radio a long time. Had the yep. had the privilege of 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 being a part of it for a while, and uh, 
and it, it you know it's been good experience although radio these days as everybody has said is is just not what it used to be and and uh, probably never will be again i think you're right sir mitch thank you so much for your call absolutely take care yep we appreciate it mm -hmm. miss marianne we have chris ann Sandy yep. man mute. Hi there. Hi there. I have an interesting radio experience. Um, back when I was a freshman in high school, the top 40 radio station here had a DJ named Scotty Regan. And um, Scotty had a contest to have the ability to record a record with the Supremes. I'm in the Detroit area and he had this thing where you had to send in a composition in 25 words or less why you would like to record a record with the Supremes. So I did. And they picked 50 of those compositions. And they brought you down to Motown Studios and put a headset on you and you could choose which song you wanted to sing along to. And you would have that in your ear. But when you were singing, they were only recording your voice. They wanted to have the full ability to know what your voice was like. Mm -hmm. And so out of those 50 uh, ones, they picked three. And I got picked. Ta -da. And, and uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend, then those, I, I had to go back down to Motown Studios again to record. Um, they gave you a choice and I chose I Hear Symphony. And they took the Diana Ross track out and they put my track in. And then over the Thanksgiving weekend that year, um, they, they played the three and the audience got to vote. And I won. Ta-da. Wow, <laughs> so that's exciting. great. That's awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> then there was the thing where that wasn't going to be the record that was going to be issued because they were going to make copies and put them on a 45 and you could pass them out to your friends and family and they were going to give them away as prizes for some of their other contests so um i had to go back down to motown again and this time um they gave me a song that was an album cut out of one of the supremes albums that i did not have and i didn't know the song so Previously, they had told me what song it was going to be, and I, I got a copy of it and had to sit right. with a record player and, and put it into Braille because I, I did not right. know these words at all. And when I went to record the record, two days after they gave me what the song was going to be, there was no way I was going to memorize the music as well as the words and go down there and record it. And I said, is this going to be okay on the sound of the, of the record? My, my fingers going across the, the Braille page. And they said, yeah, that'll be fine. So I did it and they did. They put, a, they put it out on 45 uh, and it was the same song on, on both sides. And it was, you know, I got several copies and, and they gave it out as, as contest uh, prizes. And they even had a thing called the top one plus three, where you voted on the songs, the current songs that were out. And uh, you could vote on what your favorite song was there. And I beat out Davy Jones of the Monkees. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. 
That is amazing. Now, do you, do you, do you still listen to radio much? Oh, yeah. Um, I do listen to Detroit radio here. Um, WJR was the station I used to be able to get from all over the place. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's yep. and they're, they're still pretty local. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in fact, when I was uh, about seven, eight years old, they used to have a program on at night uh, that was live with a band. And uh, it was um, mm -hmm. Bud Guest. You know, his father mm -hmm. was the poet Edgar Guest. Yes. And he did this live thing. And for my birthday one year, my, my folks, we got to go down and watch it, you know, live. And so uh, that was a lot of fun. But yes, WJR is still going strong here. I know what you're saying about CBC. We get all the Windsor things here, yes, too. Yes, you do. Yeah. And you, yes, there is definitely a difference um, mm -hmm. between their program. I know my father and I used to listen to, um, what was that thing? The the Royal Canadian Air Farce. Yes, exactly. Which was like Canada's answer to the Prairie Home Companion. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but they had good they they had good musicians on it though. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. Thank so you. yeah. Thank you so much for your call. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yep. Miss Marianne. We have Bill Jones. Ah, from Chicago, I think. You're wrong, Mr. Paul. You know I'm from you, Atlanta. From <laughs> Georgia, Mr. Jones. How are you, sir? Okay. Well, I'm just like Carla Hayes. I can talk about radio all day long. I'll tell you, I, I, my uh, journey with radio began when I was two years old. I guess it was, uh, it was on Christmas Eve and, uh, my parents always had the radio on all day long. This was like 1954. When mm -hmm. we, di we didn't even have a television in our home then. So, and, and those in the fifties, there were still a lot of network programs, believe it or not. I mean, I, I was, uh, I'm originally from Albany, Georgia. And that is, uh, they had three radio stations in and one strictly local, which was, which was fantastic. They did their music programming in blocks, like having like a, an hour for, uh, uh, a couple hours for rock and roll and a couple hours for country and so on and so forth. And mm -hmm. the network stations, uh, I, I was able to listen to, uh, things like Don McNeil's Breakfast Club, uh, uh -huh. And uh, Arthur Godfrey Time, Art Link Letters, House Party, and all those midday dramas like Ma Perkins I and all those, those. on, along People with uh, our Miss Brooks and uh, yep. and and the program, of course, a tale well calculated to keep you in <laughs> suspense. Yep. And my favorite, though, was Gunsmoke. Yes, there was a Gunsmoke radio program with. With um, with uh, William Conrad as Matt Dillon, and you know <laughs> that's why a lot of people said he had a better image doing that radio program of Gunsmoke than his real life TV image because I understand he was a small guy, but on, as Marshall Dillon on the radio, he sounded like he was some six three, what five hundred pound guy. Yeah, at least that. I'm that man, at least that. Matt Dylan, <laughs> you know, it was really something. And of course, I got into DXing and I did plenty of that. And my first transistor radio, I got when I was 10. And 
almost immediately I learned a secret that we kids kept from our parents every night of taking the radio out after everybody had gone to bed and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> turning it on and listening to it. <laughs> and um, of course I had a, a my, well, my career was in radio first in college where I did, I was a DJ for a while and um, excellent newscaster for several years. And I, I did this. I uh, also did a disability issues program and then I got involved with the Georgia Radio Reading Service where I worked as a um, producer and program consultant. And um, Excellent. And it was just really, radio has just been my life all the way around. And uh, as far as listening to radio now, well, only I will only listen to AM and FM radio if, or any kind of sporting events or news, but Mm-hmm. Nothing else. I mean, everything else sounds the same. And talk radio just has talk radio has just three topics: politics, politics, and politics. So I, I pretty I'm much stay away from right. talk radio. But yep. but most of my radio listening is on the internet. And like my friend Carla, I do a lot of internet uh, DXing. And um, and uh, if I might just put in a plug here for a second before I yes, wrap sir. up. Um, my Peach Talk call, which will be on August the 17th, is going to kind of continue this topic with the influence of radio. So people who might want to join us who didn't get enough tonight will join us next week on the 17th of August. Watch your daily schedule. <laughs> Very good. And this and his name is Mike. What's his name? What's the name of the call? Mr. Peach, Talk. Peach Talk. Peach Talk. Peach Talk. Peach talk. Peach. Very good. Excellent talk. There we go. All right. Thank it. you so much, Mr. Thank Paul you, and, uh, and Ryan and everybody. This is great. Excellent. Yep. It's Marianne. We have um, Peter, I believe, is 608 area code. It sounds like a, sounds like a Thank Heidi you, to Paul. me. There you yep. Are. I, hey, I have completely. I had completely forgotten about my crystal, my rocket ship crystal set. That, uh, <laughs> and, and I don't know, Paul, my, mine had the nose cone was how you adjusted the, the uh, crystal set and slid up and down. Yes. Yeah. It, it was, it was a, a wonderful thing that I had that when, uh, well, it was right after Sputnik that I got that. Yeah. That's and about that, right. Uh, and I, and I used to be amazed at what it could get because yeah. the Victoria, the, 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 a radio station in Victoria was broadcasting Boston Blackie. And so I yep. had to hear that. So, and I was, so, I was and I, I grew up boarding in Kenosha, school Wisconsin, in Vancouver. Which is, yeah. Yep. And, and I grew up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is right between Chicago and Milwaukee. And so, um, nice. you know, it, it, it I had uh, like 30 radio stations that were like all local. Um, I remember uh, waking up in the morning and listening to Alley Oop on the, on the morning radio show. And, <laughs> and um, that uh, when, when I first lost my sight, my very first personal radio was a silver tone radio. And it had a radio dial that was backwards of all the other radio stations, of all the other radios. So that, uh, the 500 end was down at the right hand end instead of the left yep. hand end. Oh, that is interesting. And, and that, um, and then my first, uh, my first transistor radio was a Zenith pocket transistor. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, it was, 
Um, it was great that uh, they, they were they were expensive to begin with, but then later they got they 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 became almost nothing. But they were expensive yeah, at one point. My my grandfather had uh, had stock in Zenith, and so that he was he was given a uh, Zenith pocket transistor radio as a bonus for his stock options. And how cool was that? So yeah. So anyway, that uh, but a lot lots of fun with radio. I I um I didn't listen to a lot of radio until I got to the school for the visually handicapped in Janesville. Mm-hmm. And that um and then we listened to a lot of um uh chapter day kinds of things and and uh, we were able to check out radios for periods of time and then they would come and collect them and put them all back in the room and then we had favorite radios <laughs> that we tried to get and had to be first in line to be able to get them. And, um, and then, and then my first really good radio, um, I bought from Terry Gorman that he had nice. gotten a Sony, Sony radio and that, that he wanted to move on to something else. And so I bought his cast off <laughs> and I had that, I had that radio until, <laughs> um, just, a couple of years ago, and I had it on, on a shelf, and I caught the edge of the radio and, on on something, and it crashed to the floor, and that was the end of it. But that, um, yeah, and, I think yeah, I had, I, I might have had the to, same Sony. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yep. And it had a it had a secondary unit that you could plug in to make it stereo. I never got the stereo ad- adapter for it, but that I had, I had that radio yep. for a long time. It was really oh, cool. Was a lot that? Of fun. Terry is a good radio guy. He's uh, yes. done an done an amazing service to um, to folks who have certain uh, note takers. He's put together this great big collection of uh, radio stations that that. Uh, that he's made available. It's uh, it's it's really very good. I'm very impressed with Terry. Yep. So anyway, thank you for the memory. I I had completely forgotten about my crystal set. It was just a lot of fun with your phone <laughs> and everything. Absolutely. So. Thank you, sir. Good night. Yep. Good, good night. night now. I think this is Teresa. Area code five zero one. I think it could be. You may unmute. From Jacksonville. Yeah. From Jacksonville, Arkansas. <laughs> My brother asked me about if I'm going to the ACB convention in Jacksonville, Florida. He lives in Florida. He might try to come see me. Well, that and would be great. Day, I told him he ought to come the day um, that the visually impaired veterans do the pledge because, you know, he served He served in the service. And I think he, ought, he would be moved by seeing the visually impaired blind veterans doing the pledge but anyway um oh wow i love this topic i remember my parents you know we had tv but sometimes our tv as my dad called it the idiot box when we were little didn't always work very well Mm -hmm. we played the radio a lot and they probably were listening to some kind of a community radio station that had a block of different types of programming I remember the news coming from ABC because I remember, I could tell the sound, you know, their music, um, mm-hmm. especially on the top of the hour. They had different, uh, you know, intro music for their news. But um, I remember 
getting a radio when I was, my grandma asked me if I'd want a radio for Christmas the year I turned six. I said, yeah, you know, because, you know, friends of mine in the schools for the blind had radios and I thought it would be so cool to have a radio. And so when I was um, Christmas, when I was in first grade, I got a radio. Actually, I got two radios that Christmas and I took one to school with me. Um, and it was, you know, it was fun. It had FM, but I didn't know much about what was on FM. Uh-huh. I think I was playing around with the AM dial. Uh-huh. And as I got a little older, I learned how to DX like everybody else. And at uh-huh. nighttime, I remember when I moved to West Virginia, we thought we found civilization at nighttime when we could right. find WABC out of New York City. Yes, ma'am. And so I listened mm-hmm. to Cousin Brucey. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and um, for all the Detroit people and Michigan folks out there, I yep. used to listen to CKLW at night when they played mm-hmm. Top 40 music. That was back, yep. you know, a lot of the AM stations played music still. And WKBW out of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't, you know, I was too young for all the original you know the radio shows in their original inception but some there were some top 40 stations in the 70s like on sunday evenings and sunday nights they would play the reruns of the shadow and um was it margo um margo lane memory lane margo lane margo lane princeton yep okay and um and also um the shadow so I told yep. my mom that the shadow was coming on and she <laughs> laughed at me because she remembered <laughs> the shadow when she was a girl, you know, growing mm-hmm. up. And so, you know, we got into it together and everything. But um, the one that um, I can remember was the Miss Radio Mystery Theater. And I could find that on um, from 7 p.m. to like 1 a.m. I could DX somewhere and find that on the radio. And I thought that was the coolest thing to hear Radio Mystery Theater. Yep, and boy, I excellent. wish it was still around. Yeah, I um, think a lot of us do. Yeah, because that was good. That was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Phoenix Radio. For, um, I'm not sure what time they do it, but there's a couple out of Maryland named Roger and Debbie Williamson. And they do a, a show on Phoenix Radio called Songs from Our House. Um, or heart to heart something i think that's what it's called but they they have um a show on phoenix radio and they send it out on an email list on our school alumni list that's, that's how excellent. i know about it yeah miss teresa thank and, you for your call dear well, i just wanted to say that now i like my a lady um I'll, yeah. I'll request her to play stations um there's this one that plays a beatles show on Sunday morning, and I'll request her to play WAXQ out of New York City. Or Excellent. now I can just tell her play Q104.3. And I like Pandora. I don't get that on her, but I, you know, I have, I do have a Pandora account on some device. So I nice. can listen to music of my choice. That's excellent. That's great. We're going to yeah. talk about some of those options. On our, on our next radio show, where we're going to be talking about what options there are today. But, uh, right. that, but yeah, that radio won't be tonight. Yep. Right. What it, used, what it was is not the way it is now. You, 
you know, if you do listen to a music station, they have their playlist. They say they don't repeat songs during the middle of the workday. Okay, you won't hear it that day. You'll hear it the next day. <laughs> you certainly will. <laughs> Miss Teresa, thank you. <clears throat> okay. Thank you. Yep, Miss Marianne. We have Nora. Hey, Miss Nora. Yeah, hi. Good evening. How I are you? Doing great. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I used to listen to music when I'm, well, I wasn't much of a radio listener when I was real level, but I think I heard my sister used to play her radio, Chevy's music and things like that. And then in the 80s, I got my, I got a small transistor radio and I can use a headphones and I'm going to and from the school for the deaf and the blind here in Phoenix. I used to listen to the music while on the bus going to or from school. And mm -hmm. I used, yeah, back in the 80s, I used to listen to the 60s or the 50s music. And I thought that was fun. And then yep, I bet I it was. A, oh, yeah, it was. And then I listened to country music after, like back in the 90s. And I, mm -hmm. one time I tried to change the channel and I was stuck on this one station called Camel Country 108. Here in Phoenix, they finally got it fixed. <laughs> On AM, I used to be able to get WSM sometimes at night. Oh. Of course, is the is the kind of radio station that broadcasts the Grand Old Opera every week. Oh, my oh that sounds awesome. nice. Yeah, oh. that's great. Anyway, I listened to that radio station. Today. I I think it's KFL or something like that, or some kind of other station. With Light, very light rock, very cool music, and I thought that was nice too. Even now, I then later on and listen to the radio sports like basketball or baseball, basically basketball. And now I listen to music with Christmas time type music. So that's pretty much it. Excellent, thank you, Miss Nora. You're we appreciate your calling in. You're welcome. And what's that? What's that? Yeah, actually, what's that mean? Oh, it, I don't know what it actually stands for, but it, it's a term that's used in amateur radio, and it's also used in shortwave radio and AM radio. And DX means um, um, getting hold of different, well, in, in shortwave, it means different countries. But I think in AM, it means different radio stations from all over the country. And you log mm -hmm. them. And what you can sometimes do is um, you can you can send a postcard to the radio station telling them what you listened to. And if they verify that you, in fact, heard them, they'll send you a card so that then you can verify that that's a station you actually heard. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you, Miss Nora. Welcome. We mm -hmm. have Desi. Debbie. You may unmute. Ms. Nora. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> um, there she is. Here I am. Uh, before anything else, I just want to wish Miss Nora a very happy birthday. And um, oh, happy birthday, Nora. And yeah. um, you. I, I, you're welcome. I got my first. Um, radio. I, I was born in 1954 and I got my 
first radio when I was about six. My mom mm-hmm. had to uh, go in for a lot of dental work, and I think it was during a summer or something because I wasn't in school at the time. But um, she would take me with her, and her dentist was a really, really nice guy. And in order to occupy me while she was back there for however long it was, he would allow me to listen to his transistor radio, which I thought was just the coolest thing ever in the world. Mm -hmm. And that year for Christmas, he gave me a transistor radio. It was a Skymaster. and. I had that until I was a young adult, and probably we might still have it, except my dad borrowed it to use in a car that he drove back and forth to work, and somebody swiped it. So, um, Oh, no. Yeah. But I, too, remember um, the end of the old-time radio era because I grew up in Ventura, California, and mm-hmm. um, so I was not so far from Los Angeles. And even though we had the Caneo grade to contend with, so some of our radio reception in those days wasn't real great. If I was mm-hmm. lucky, I could still pull in KNX. And I heard a lot of things, Ma Perkins and second Mrs. Burton, um, you know, a bunch of things like that. When I'd be home from school sick, I can remember listening mm-hmm. to old time radio and just absolutely loving it. And mm-hmm. I still listen to the big broadcast um the show that ed walker started so many years ago they still have it on wamu on sunday evenings uh now hosted by marie horowitz and um and i still listen to that all the time um i i loved talk radio as a kid when it was in our local areas. I too remember listening to the British Michael Jackson on KBC in Los Angeles and Bob Grant. A lot of a lot of people that were really into talk radio when I was a kid. Um, but one of my favorite shows that I listened to was uh, I think it was on like around noon on KNX and. It was the Mike Roy show, and he was a cook, and he um, would share all kinds of recipes and um, kitchen tips and all kinds of stuff like that, and I was just absolutely fascinated by that. Um, But yes, radio has always been a huge part of my life, and um, I am greatly saddened these days. Um, I don't I don't listen to any commercial AM radio anymore. It's just so homogenized and so it is. Yep. it's just, it, there's just nothing to hear anymore. I, and I don't even, I don't even do any DXing anymore because I don't really care what station I can pull in. Cause even if I could pull it in, I wouldn't want to listen to it anyway. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so I just don't do that anymore. I, I too listen to a lot of, um, NPR um, and a lot of podcasts. I've really gone the mm-hmm. podcast route now. Um, Excellent, but uh, but I do listen to a lot of NPR because I think they they have the best of what's out there in America right now. In my opinion, we're gonna we're, we're we're gonna end up doing another whole program on radio today. I think where 
yeah. where we'll talk about lots of options for internet radio. So, and I hope had you'll a shortwave radio. Oh yeah, I definitely will. And yeah. I, I also had a shortwave radio for many years, and really enjoyed nice. doing that, listening to Radio Did, South Africa, and you know all kinds yep. of stuff. Yep. Uh, well, thank I always you remember guys. listening to Radio Moscow with American accents. Oh, mm. me too. Yes, I did that. Radio <laughs> Havana too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. your call. <clears throat> oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having this topic. It's really been great, you guys. Excellent. Miss Marianne. Lori Kessner. Yep. Hello? Yeah, we hear there she is. Oh, great. Hi. Um, I'm Lori, and I just have a one-minute comment. I live in, um, I live in uh, Oakland, California, and, of course, we did have a lot of local stations, and one of them, oh. one of them was KSFO Radio. And um, KSFO was owned by Gene Autry Golden West Broadcasters. And uh, in 1980, then my husband and I always listened to um, radio mystery theater on that station. And yep. the last night that it was owned by Gene Autry, um, when the radio mystery theater went off the air, there was all kinds of pounding and you could hear people um, moving the furniture out of the station and you could hear Gene Autry singing in the background. And uh, <laughs> It was really, I mean, it really was, you know, a riot because they were all moving and that was it. And the next day it became a super conservative station with uh, people like Rush Limbaugh. So uh, <laughs> that's my story. A little different, but thank you so much for telling us. Yeah, you're we welcome. appreciate it. Yep. Take Ms. this Marianne. job and shove it. We have mm. area code 708. You may unmute. You are unmuted. 708. Oh, you're, you oh, I'm sorry. Hi, this is Sharon. There you are. And, hi. And, uh, I'm, hi. I'm originally from Chicago. I've been in Chicago all my life and recently moved to the suburbs, but I still say I'm from Chicago. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I also, like a lot of us here, was born in 1950, and um, I can't remember what year it was that I got my first radio, but it was the thrill, <laughs> the thrill of my life. Um, next to the only one that was better was when I got a brailler. But <laughs> aside from that, um, I used to carry it when I had long bus rides to school, and I had that um, radio with me till I think after I was out of college, which would have been in the 70s. Um, but back in those days, some of us really didn't have a social life. So, um, <laughs> so I had a lot of pen pals and everybody was so fascinated that I was in Chicago and, and could listen to WLS and WCFL and all that good stuff. And then at one point, um, I visited one of my pen pals who lived in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we, I went on vacation with them up in the Smoky Mountains and just, oh, we can hear some really good stations at night. <laughs> so we did. So that's how I learned about Harry Carey and KMOX and and the Cardinals, and I don't want to listen to them anymore. I don't listen to them anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of fun, and um, we also would send tapes 
to some people. And some of the women I wrote to in England would would record Radio Luxembourg and send it on to me. And it was kind of fun just to hear how other things were done. But um, I, you know, I, like a lot of people have said, uh, I I um, enjoy getting stuff from um, from the, as they say, the, the A-Lady, which I'm listening to right now. I listen to the Cubs game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's been a, a great resource. Um, and I, you know, I don't listen to a lot of, of, uh, AM radio except for the news, which mm-hmm. is not very long. Um, right. but, um, I still like, I still, this is not radio, but I still love WGN TV and that's been it the is. same for a yep. long time and it's great, but, uh, this yep. has really been a fun show. I really appreciate reading about it and I thought, oh, I got a call. I got to listen to this. So well, anyway, excellent. it's, We're- it's been fun. We're glad you did. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Cool. Yep. Miss Marianne. We have Penny. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey. We're good. This is such a great topic. I've so enjoyed it. I really love Mary Grace and uh, Phil. Oh, my gosh. Phil should know that on WAMU on uh, Sunday nights on their old-time radio, they always play um, uh, Gunsmoke, and he loved it so much. So, um you know, I, I can remember, I think I was around four, and we had this giant radio console in our house, and I could listen every afternoon, and it was twice a week, to a lady named Sherry, and she broadcast out of Annapolis, and she read a little golden book every day, and at that oh, wow, time, cool. I, could, I could see well enough to draw, and she had a contest where she wanted you to draw what you thought Thumbelina looked like, and I won the contest, and I got... 24 little golden books. It was like the highlight of my life for many years. <laughs> That's very cool. <laughs> and and I wonder if David remembered WHAT from Philadelphia. It was a wonderful jazz station when I was in college. Um, mm-hmm. And a few years ago, I found somebody had created a CD of the greatest hits that they played on WHAT. And at, at the time when I was listening to it, I was living with my sister and her husband. And I was mm-hmm. able to buy that CD and send it to them for Christmas, which was very cool. Um, and I also cool. remember, oh my God, I so wanted a transistor radio. It was like the best Christmas of my life when I got one. So uh, mm-hmm. radio yeah. is just so important to all of us. And it really unites so many of our generations. I wonder if younger people are listening. I haven't heard anybody under 30 call in. But uh, I wonder if radio is kind of a generational divide thing you know i hope you do your your show about recommendations and when i want to say to mitch that nancy trezinski is the person who does uh the kitchen table on the phoenix radio station that he listens to and she is wonderful so thank you guys cool thank you very much miss penny we appreciate it i'm so glad to be here New chair of the Board of Publications. Congratulations. Well, I tried Ms. to move Penny. it to uh, 9 o'clock so that you could come, but I did get it moved <laughs> until 8.30. <clears throat> so you could come as like a half hour into it, and I would really Very love good. it if you do, and all your listeners, too. So thank you. Thanks, Paul. I'll do Brian, it. Thank you. And I love you. Hey there. <laughs> Take care. Thanks. I want to talk about the, a, a moment about the uh, power sure. of radio okay. because yes. there's a, an ACB connection here. Paul and I went to the World Blind Union meetings 
in uh, Melbourne, Australia. Australia. Yeah. I had, had a lovely time there. And one of the things is uh, one of the delegates there is I was asked to spend some time with a young man from uh, Uganda, I believe it was. Anyway, he's sitting there and he's chatting with me and he tells me the story that he had heard on Christian Science Monitor of the Air uh, by way of shortwave, all yep. about this guy who's he and his guide dog uh, got into quite a pickle when the flight they were taking home from Washington, D.C. got diverted to New York City and the, the trip home. And that was me that they, uh, these ladies who were sitting in the next seat behind me when our train ran into a car uh, <laughs> had interviewed me and he had actually heard that all the way over in Uganda uh, and even remembered my guide dog's name. For, Isn't from that, that amazing? It is a small, small world, my friend. Very small. It world. is a small world. Especially because of radio. Especially mm. because of this medium. In in Trinidad, when, when I moved there, I was um, pretty big into the Catholic Church. And, and I did two radio programs one um one once a week and one yeah twice or three times a week i can't remember which um for the catholic church and i had this little room at the front of my house that was sort of my my little recording studio and i had my reel-to-reel tape recorder and um and did that for gosh i guess four or five years down there it was and, and it was great fun what made me think about it though is if I'd had to, to to buy all of the supplies that I needed to do that show, I never would have been able to do it. But um, I got access to a bunch of free tapes after the radio station was finished with them, and they were the back to the Bible broadcasts that were being broadcast on on uh, Radio Trinidad. And um, and then once they finished with uh, with the broadcast, they no longer wanted the tape, so I could use those um, to record my radio shows. So it was fun. There you go. Let's let's recycle. No single yep. purpose plastics. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Ms. So Marianne, who else do we, do have, we have, Marianne? Do we have Janet? Yep. Hi. Well, first, first of all, I just want to say Phil Jones says he's from Atlanta, but I know better. We're in the same town, little town, twenty-five miles east of Atlanta. Phil, you may not want Very to say. Very good. But uh, I was going to say that. I won my first radio in 1963, my first FM when I was singing Feed the Birds from Mary Pop. No, from My Fair Lady. No, Feed the Birds. Yeah, My Fair Lady. Mm -hmm. And that nice. radio caused me to enter so many contests from WMCA, WABC. But the best contest I ever won on radio was... Well, I'll say this. When I was modeling in New York City, they used to call me the blonde share because my hair was way down to my waist and it was blonde. Nice. And so I won the radio station, 50 people in the New York City area, won the premiere of Greece. And this was oh, in wow. Radio City Music Hall. Yep. And everyone who was in Greece, all the celebrities, were at the premiere. And so 50 of us normal people won these tickets. 
And I remember turning the corner on 6th Avenue to go into Radio City Music Hall, and they had all the barriers up. So everybody that came to see the celebrities were behind these huge barriers. And there I come in my bright red jumpsuit and my long blonde hair. And I turned the corner and were shocked because everybody was taking pictures. And I heard everybody saying, who is it? Who is it? And somebody (laughs) says, I think it's Cher's sister. And they're going, yeah, she's gone, right? And then all the flashes started going off. I'm thinking, it's only me. But we got into the Radio City Music Hall. I sat behind Frankie Valley, and everybody who was in Greece, every time somebody showed, it was the movie Greece. So every time someone new came on the screen, the entire 6,000 people in Radio City Music Hall started applauding because they were applauding each other. And it was the greatest thing to be a non-celebrity for one day in radio. That was excellent. That was excellent. And thank you. And, yep. Oh, and Go I ahead. was just going to say, and I, I know I don't know if she's on, but I sent this thank link you. to my friend Sophia, who's a new ACB member at Lodge in England. But oh, excellent! I, I hope, know. I hope, I hope on, she heard the show tonight. She is there and next with her hand up. Oh, excellent. Thank you. That's great. But I know we're short of time. There you go. We are. Hi, this has been so fascinating. I just have a real quick question. Um, I live in England, uh, United Kingdom, and I've grown up listening to radio stations. But now with the internet, I can listen to a radio station from America. And I was just wondering what radio station you would recommend so that I can get a real feel for an American station. Uh, I don't. I don't know that there is one anymore. Um, I, I mean, I think most of us, a lot of us would say, listen to virtually any public radio station or an yeah. NPR station, kind of the equivalent of the BBC. That's a very but tough there's, question. Um, really tough. Uh, and, I, and I think you'd enjoy those. What do you mm-hmm. think, Larry? I, I, I think you're right. There's so much, so much in America, and it just depends on your tastes. But I think you're probably right. That would be good because it's a very tough question to answer. Yeah, th- there yeah. are there are other stations. Go ahead, Brian. But it, but again, I love NPR too. But it's not typical American no. radio. No, it's not. It, it is it, not. It, it is a more elite kind of content. It's it sort of the it's sort of the BBC of of <laughs> of of the U.S. in a way. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. agree. But if we were to pick a station. You would want to pick one uh, that is one of our major cities mm-hmm. um, so that you could get a variety of, of what would be going on. Here in the Boston area, If WBZ is all news, so I don't recommend it as a typical station. Well, maybe, maybe that, that would be typical. And, and of course, there's WABC and WCBS in New York that would both be all news. Right, so those are the all-news ones. And then I would, uh, here in my area, that would be the most typical, I would say, is W, um, come in, WMJX, Magic, WMJX. And that would give you a real assortment of what a daytime DJ does versus what a nighttime DJ does and when it switches over late night into talk radio that kind of thing mm-hmm. and and thank you for calling 
And ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for your interest in this topic. It exceeded our expectation uh, by a fair amount. We thought we'd get two topics in. So join us again either next week or the week after when Tuesday Topics will explore internet radio and what it's like and what it means and probably a little about podcasts as well. And in the meantime, uh, good night, Mrs. Calabash. <laughs>